G'day, mate. How you going? This is Steve Durr here to read for us today, Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 18 and going all the way to verse 46. There's a lot of different stuff happening here, so let's tune on in to Jesus. In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he'll ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believe John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained this, his meaning. I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming... They said to one another, here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asked, what do you think he will do to those farmers? 
The religious leaders replied, He will put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it's wonderful to see. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. When the leading priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Jesus to be a prophet. Well, that was a long reading for us today with a lot of different pieces Uh, and different things Jesus did and said along the way. And Jesus has now arrived in Jerusalem. We're down to the last week of Jesus leading up to his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And now we hear how he started his day. The dude's hungry, right? And, And we hear about some of his encounters and teaching early in that week. And so there's a number of things we could review, um, and a bit of a theme that came across to me initially as I was reading this uh, in some of these interactions and, and stories was the insight of the importance of obedience and fruitfulness, the, the importance of obedience and fruitfulness, the priority of putting into practice our belief putting into practice our belief, especially the story of the two sons. That one really struck home for me. Uh, (laughs) I think uh, growing up uh, as a young boy, being asked to do things like, hey, son, would you mow the lawn? Sure, dad. Oh, by the way, I never got around to it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, But but that, that whole story about the two sons really, you know, being asked to do their chores really kind of caught my attention. One disrespected the father by saying he didn't want to go to work. I'm not going to do the work, dad. But later he went out, he changed his mind. He went out and he did the work. The other son dutifully and respectfully said, of course, father, I'll go do the work. But he never went out and did the work. So Jesus asked, which one obeyed? And it was the first one. Even though he was disrespectful, even though he initially said no, he ended up being the obedient son. That story always challenges me to consider that it's not just about believing the right stuff uh, and putting on a veneer of religion that sounds good and holy, but in reality isn't truly obeying God. And I appreciate this story because it reveals that there's time, right? That there's that what I've thought and said in the past doesn't define me. This fills me with hope and a sense of fear and awe. Hope because things can change and God can move and I can live differently. That there's moments in my life when I've been uh, rebellious toward God in my heart and in my mind and things I've said. And yet I can change and I can step out in obedience and God can move in my heart and and I can change because of his spirit. 
but also kind of a fear and sense of awe because I can easily substitute obedience words for obedience actions and somehow think um, I've kind of hit the mark. And this just reminds me of what Jesus was declaring uh, when he arrived on the scene. He proclaimed that the time had come, the kingdom of God had arrived, and the invitation was to repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe. Change your thinking, change the direction you're going, and believe. Trust through action. And uh, that's a real key kind of challenge for me on this day is this obedience, this obedience, acting out what I say, I believe. Finally, I just, I'm encouraged by the final parable that Jesus shares that had people upset in the temple leadership establishment. I mean, they knew it was being spoken against them. That final parable is really about Jesus. It could best be called the parable of the only son, you know, the, the owner of the vineyard leased the, his vineyard and his property to tenant farmers. And when the time came, the, the, he sent servants to collect his portion of the produce. Typically at that time, it could be up to 40% of the harvest. And tenants had to always keep in mind who owned the land. They would work the land. They could live on the land. They had a great freedom to do what they wanted on the land. But at the end of the day, uh, they had to pay what was agreed upon. They didn't own the land. Uh, and these tenants refused to pay the owner of the vineyard, and they abused and even killed the servants. And in a shocking move, the landowner sends his, as, as the book of Luke and Mark says, his beloved son, and the tenants kill the son. And it's not just the landowner's beloved son. It's his only son. It's his only heir. And the book of Matthew kind of points this out. This is his only heir, his only son. So the tenants reckon if they can take out the beloved son, the only heir, the only son, they'll be able to obtain and and have the vineyard themselves because the owner is absent and won't have an heir to claim it. And after Jesus tells this Story. He talks about a stone that's rejected that becomes a cornerstone. And he's quoting Psalm 118. And often the great King David was seen as the rejected stone that became a cornerstone and the greatest of kings. And from the, the line of King David would come the great Messiah to come. And Jesus seems to be comparing himself to King David, tying himself to David in a similar way. And that is a strong Messiah comparison and connection. Although Jesus, the only son, will be put to death, like the son rejected by the tenants, like the stone that was rejected, he will become the cornerstone. Like the stone, he will remain and all things will be crushed against him. Though he will die, he's the stone that cannot be moved, cannot be destroyed, and will have the final victory. Even in rejection, even in being overlooked, even in death, 
Jesus will be victorious. And time after time, Jesus is pointing to his prophecies that he will die and yet he will rise. And we look forward to that on that Easter Sunday. And so today, just those couple things kind of came to mind from that text. And so for you, a couple questions. Where do you need to be reminded that Jesus is the rock, the immovable stone, the victorious king today? Where do you need to be reminded that he's the immovable rock, the immovable stone in a world that might feel uh, unsteady? And then the other thing is, uh, today, is there anything that you sense God prompting you to act on where you feel that you've been giving obedient words, but you sense now God calling you to obedient action? And so how is God speaking to you today and what will be your response? Let's pray. Jesus, we pray that today you would lead us and guide us. Holy Spirit, change us. Father God, speak truth over us that we are your beloved sons and daughters, that we bring you great joy, and from that place of identity that we would obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.